Good morning and welcome to the Preventing Grace podcast. It is October 3rd, 2022. <clears throat> is this two weeks in a row that we've actually done it? Yeah, we're on a roll. It's awesome. Whatever, the one fan who's very upset with us every time we don't do it should be really happy. <clears throat> it's a... It's a miracle. It's an October miracle. <laughs> this is your birthday month. What You're right. Plans? It is my birthday month. What are your plans for yourself for your birthday month? I don't know. What are you, th- th- that's not the question. The question is, what are your plans for my birthday month? What are you going to do for me? No. That's the question. Your birthday month is something you organize for yourself because other people won't do it for you. That's how I came to survive my birthday month is by arranging birthday Did I tell you months. what my mom used to do on my birthday? Yeah. Like I would wake up, I when I it was when it was a school day, I'd have to wake up like six or something. But they would all, my mother and my father, would come in to my room with a bowl of Captain Crunch, singing Happy Birthday, with a huge thing of presents. I love Captain Crunch, or whatever. Like sometimes it was waffles and then sing Happy Birthday, and then the whole day I would have like I would have some presents in the morning, and then I have presents in the evening. And uh, when I was older and I didn't want to have a party anymore, they just they, would, they, would, they didn't really stop until I moved out, actually. So when I married you, your whole approach to the birthday question is was you're such a you're such a bad person when it comes to birthdays. <laughs> you don't you know you 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 get you cry on your birthday. I mean, I think you, that... you take the you take the opportunity of the day when everyone when, when you should be should be the happiest day in the world except for Christmas. And I you mean, get if you if you if I woke up on my birthday and you gave me a huge pile of presents, I wouldn't cry. I would definitely not cry on my birthday, but that's never happened to me in our married life, and that certainly see, did mid- not happen you're, to you're, me as a child. You're, you're misunderstanding the roles, though. So you're the you're the mother. I'm not. No, I'm not your mother. I am absolutely <laughs> no, not your the, mother. No, but you're occupying the female role. No, and the female role is the role of see of doing these neat surprises on my birthday, and no, you're not. That's not. And you've never done that. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> I'm not the. I'm not. If your mother would come here and give both of us a big pile of presents on our birthdays, I think we'd both be happy people. <laughs> but we don't have. She doesn't live here, does she? No. She lives no. far away, and so now we just have the desolation of our own. I still think you could try a little harder. <laughs> well, I think you could try a little harder. But I you, had to threaten again, you on my birthday. Again, you're missing it. I mean, I do. I do wonderful things for your birthday that you don't Mm-mm. seem to think they're wonderful. You always make pork chops because that's what you love best. <laughs> like, what do you want to eat for your birthday? Pork chops? I'm like, sure. I yeah, I love pork chops. <laughs> Just, I know you love pork chops, so I think we should have that on your on my I birthday. I don't. That's not. That's you're sitting on a throne of lies right now. I never, <laughs> I never, I never made pork You've chops. You've done that like many times. No, I like, haven't. Let's have pork chops. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, nothing, it is. nothing you just said is true. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. Um, I thought we had an actual subject today. We do. I can't remember what it was. Um, do you remember? Well, that's your role in this. Because we were going to talk about parenting and um, this thing I put up that were, I'm, I'm, people are attempting to cancel me because of a Twitter post or thread I put up. I thought, hey. We really, because we, we're really, we're shocked right now in a state of shock and surprise that 
at least I am, that our kids have turned out to be, um, you know, not, not like me <laughs> when I was that age. So I just, I mean, cause I, you know, you kind of grew up in America and you, and you expect, okay, uh, 13, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, those are, those are when demons possess your children and they start becoming rebels and you know, smoking pot and uh, wrecking the house. Well, they do that, but, um, and they, you know, they just become, they hate you until they can become about 25, 30 years old and they like you again. Well, and because they, you get the money. I mean, I <laughs> guess that you, they also leave the church. Yeah, they leave the church. They hate Jesus. They, uh, and uh, so it's like what Ferris Bueller's Day Off is kind of the, the mm-hmm. model of mm-hmm. American childhood. I, yeah, I think if I had met you as a teenager, I would not have wanted to be with you or be your friend. <laughs> but see, I would have been in that, in be that model. <laughs> In that model, you were receiving big, huge piles of presents <laughs> every day, and like, yeah, I, that that's that model. Like, here's your large pile of presents, child. <laughs> well, do you, who do you want to be? What do you want to do <laughs> with your life? No, it was it, my. But see, that's the thing because my rebellion was not my parents' fault. That was it was it was me. They they they. My dad disciplined in a good way. Um, I well, just, but I was, I was just extremely un, unChristian in the bad, bad child. Um, so it wasn't his fault or their fault. I think it. I think there's like two things that should be said though about your Twitter <laughs> argument. Uh, first is should I read the thing first? No one has any sense of humor online. <laughs> I know. And so that's, that's one of the weird things about this. Like you said, oh, our children are great because they're not in jail and they're sort of pleasant to be with. Yeah. And everybody took that as like. Wow, is, that, is that the standard of being a good parent? Your, your kid's not in jail and they're not, they're not horribly to be with. Well, what? Yeah, yeah, there's there, a lot of puffing and like, puffing on the woke like, side of things. Oh, yeah. and, but then the second thing is basically you described, as you said in another tweet, all parenting for the last 10,000 years 10, all around the world years. until the last 15 minutes. <laughs> and so everybody is, but, but that's how strange human memory is. Like the people on Twitter don't remember right. anything. Right. I mean, so that's really strange. The reason, the, the big, the reason this got, I'll read, I'll read the thread and then maybe some choice responses, but, um, so the cat purring here. <laughs> He's come to be with us. Now that our children are older and none of them are in jail and all six are believing and generally pleasant to be with, I think I'll give some parenting advice. I was being kind of funny there. I wasn't like, I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I wasn't if like, the now standard listen is, to my, if the standard <laughs> is, yeah. um, keeping your kids out of jail, then a lot of parents <laughs> are good parents. Right, 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 know? right. We didn't that take, isn't actually our only goal is just keeping them out. Yeah. It's we actually, had other things. We did have other goals, right. Uh, we didn't make any of this up ourselves. We gleaned it from various books and other parents, but here's what we did. And then there's seven posts in the thread. So we only had four rules and they kept us sane and our kids happy since they knew where the lines were. One, immediate obedience, not to immediately obey, it's to disobey. This is the most important one because with this one rule in place and in force, you don't need a huge list of rules. Two, 
uh, speak to, answer, and look at your mother with absolute honor, respect, and deference. They tended to do that with me, but when I am not around, they need to know that if they say any cross or disrespectful word to her, they said it to me. Three. I just, I, I'm, let me just pause and like respond to these. First of all, do modern people really want children to be awful yeah, to know, their mothers? Yeah. <laughs> they do though. They want children to be awful to their mothers. That's one thing. And then the other thing is they don't know what obedience is. And so they don't know how heartbreaking for a child. Uh, the path of disobedience is. So all the people on Twitter shouldn't engage in this conversation because they don't know what they're talking about. Like they haven't experienced the, the, the charm of uh, an obedient, right. happy, the happiness of a child who knows how to obey because they've gained self mastery. Yeah. And how few things children are asked or required to do, how much freedom children have when they have mastered themselves through learning to that's, obey. That's one of the keys here is it, is it, like, is it if you teach children obedience early, <clears throat> they have to learn how to control themselves. That's, that's the key. And if they, they learn self-discipline. They learn to say no to what they want to do when, um, when, the opposite way of parenting where you just kind of let the kid do what the heck it wants all the time. You wind up with kids who, who are deeply unhappy. De- yeah. Cause there's no lines, there's no, no boundaries well, and they, they don't, don't have to draw lines for themselves. They so don't they, know I mean, how, they don't know what yeah. will make them happy. They don't know how, they don't know how to regulate their own moods. So you end up doing lots of things like, you know, buying books about mm-hmm. how to regulate your mood. Right. They don't have executive function. They, they can't, they can't be happy in society because they've never learned emotional self-regulation, which right. is what a very early, a, the, the very, very earliest obey me quickly. Yeah. I'm telling you to do something quickly, do it quickly, mm-hmm, do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the rewards of that <laughs> are, are so far and what big and wonderful and the consequences of not having it are so right. devastating as we can see from our society and from your Twitter thread. <laughs> so uh, the, let's see. No, uh, number three was no lying. I know this seems self-evident, but when the child tells his first, his or her first lie, it seems cute and you want to laugh rather than discipline. But if you don't enforce this rule from the earliest age, you're dooming your child to a life of misery. Again, like people were upset. You really want your, you really want your child to be a liar. I, mean, yeah. I guess so. I, I guess people are like, yeah, I want my kids to get away with lying. I want it, them. To I mean, be I'm wondering just a lot of. I mean, I wonder if a lot of the response to this is just guilt because they did laugh at their kids when they lied, and they thought it was cute, and and the other kid turned out to be a liar. I don't know. I don't know. A lying liar but who lies. <laughs> but you don't have. I mean, look, and I, I've said this at the end of the thread. I should be, you know, if you if fine, if you if you didn't do a great job raising your kid there there's that's fine there's there's jesus and the cross and you can be forgiven for that and your kid's not doomed i, I mean your kid can also have jesus in the cross so yeah i mean so you, you don't have to I mean god can do we're just talking when the, when we talk about parenting principles we're not saying that well on the one hand if you do them 
then you will necessarily have a perfect kid, which you, that's not guaranteed. You necessarily believe right. in God, right? You know that that's 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 you're not you're not God, so you can't you can't control the outcomes of, of that. Um, or the two, if you if you don't do them, your kid is necessarily going to be wicked and horrible and bad. And some, some God's grace is wonderful and powerful, and sometimes He is able um, to to reach a, ch- a kid even in the worst parenting circumstances and you've all we've all seen that we've seen we've all we know we all know someone in our lives who've who's come from a terrible terrible home and yet and yet that person has been made whole and redeemed right exactly so these are just basic principles think of them as proverbs maybe (laughs) not like breathed out by god proverbs but but proverbial rather than rather than some of them come from the proverbs because they literally say some of these things like don't don't lie like don't don't let your children lie. well uh, the reason this got this went um people try to cancel me for this is because of 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 the application of a proverbial of an actual proverb Mm -hmm. that i made in the thread but here oh just one second uh so number four at the table um eat whatever you want I'm sorry, eat whatever whatever you're given cheerfully and never say anything negative about any food that is set before you ever. Be positive and grateful. Always be thankful. If they get used to complaining about food, that's a habit that will bleed over into everything else, which is true. And so children who are, because we're not literally Nazis, our children were able to learn how to let us know whether they, they didn't like the food. Tell me you don't like the food without telling me you don't like the food. <laughs> like the biggest one was always, it's so spicy. Like the most bland, you know, broccoli with butter and salt on it. It's spicy. Right. You know? Which means the kid doesn't like broccoli. I don't, but, then, <laughs> but they couldn't. But what the point of that is, though, is they can't. You don't want to get them used to an inner complaint monologue where everything that's set before them, they, they critique, right? And they're thinking about whether they like it or not. And, um, and just... If they you have dinner and you and you you don't say anything negative about it, you don't you don't critique it verbally. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. Because eventually they end up critiquing the whole everything, the Eucharist. Everything. <laughs> like I, mean, I don't yeah, like the yeah. food that God is giving me. <laughs> right. And I mean this this I happens. I love this worthless food. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was about to say this is this is literally the Exodus. <laughs> account that this took place i mean they got they they critique the food and they they work their way up to hating god and moses so um it's a slippery slope yeah it's a slippery it, you are, because, doesn't exist well it's a habit right it's a habit of mind and thought where you just get used to critiquing everything in your life and you and you just and and you probably you, you probably know you probably know someone like this in your life too who's just who is just so critical of everything they that's that's a learned that's a learned behavior that that you can at least begin to unlearn, unlearn in, in early childhood and on. Well, it's a natural behavior that you have to unlearn. Like right. it's your natural proclivity is going to be to complain about everything and be right. dissatisfied. What I mean is it's, it's yeah, it, it comes from the sin nature, but then it's learned in the sense that if, if you, if you teach your kid that, that his or her, they can stand in judgment over right. their dinner plate. Yes, that that's that then becomes something that they, that that lesson becomes something that's applied to other parts of their lives. This is though is some place where I think it's definitely adiaphora because parents. I've read a lot of parents who tried to deal with how to get their children get how, getting your children to eat and sleep are two of the most difficult things to yep. do in the world. And Gosh, there are, there's many different ways to do it. 
and to teach the same thing. So some some families have it where you the dinner is put on the table. Children are not allowed to complain, but if but they can get up and make themselves a sandwich if they want. Or, you know, they have to try everything, but they don't have to eat it all. Or, you know, they, everybody just gets their own, you know, there's ways to, you don't have to do it this particular way, but you should teach the underlying principle that gratitude for food is a spiritual thing and not, a, yeah. a, that's not non-negotiable. Um, but for you to say this on Twitter, like this is what we did, necessarily made the whole world say, well, you're a Nazi. <laughs> well, not the whole world. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ratioed. I mean, I've actually mm-hmm. been pretty well, but it made um, some of the Twitter, it, it did get like this person saying that it, it was posted over on, um, uh, this got shared to white people, Twitter <laughs> captioned how to make your child hate you. One Oh one. And it has over 10,000 votes. So, wow. So, um, yeah. White person Twitter. White person Twitter. So That's... because because only white people apply these rules have ever applied these rules in all of human history. Yeah, it's not, it's only white people. Right? Because you know, in I'm sure that in the village where you grew up, kids were just told totally able to tell their parents whatever whatever they wanted. They were allowed to do whatever they wanted. <laughs> where I grew up, children were not allowed to cry. <laughs> and were severely disciplined for crying. Like it shouted at, you know, hold the chin up to make the child stop, stop, stop crying. Uh, and then and we're not we were like talking about really little children, right? Like little, yeah, little children. And then we were, they were little children were given hot, hot things to eat, <laughs> like, and not then don't cry. You know, you think this is spicy? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I shouldn't well, say. Well, that's anything. all because of colonization. Yeah, yeah, that that didn't exist before right, <laughs> before right. the white savior came. Right, right. Yeah, that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> so when a rule is broken, here's where here's what happens. Here's where the thing got crazy. When a rule when a rule is broken, consequences follow immediately without delay. We used corporal punishment, delivered without raising our voices or expressing anger. You want the child to know he or she is being disciplined for wrongdoing, not because he or she made us angry. Um, and to that, people said, <laughs> so you're a cold fish, like, or what you're, I beat detached- the kids, yeah. I beat the kids, but it's fine. I did it in a cold, detached way. <laughs> That's not what you said. You didn't say cold, detached. You said like, there's a difference between screaming at your kid because you're angry. Right. Yeah, and then beating him, and right? Then, yeah, that's also not what that means. You don't beat <laughs> your children. Corporal punishment beating your children. Who does, like, well, I know that people beat their children. Those are bad people. Right. So, don't I mean, most most reasonable people up until, again, 15 minutes ago in America. Understood. Understood that corporal punishment meant the, on the bottom. <laughs> and it didn't mean, you know, beating on the bottom. It meant. A light whack. Yeah, I mean, so uh, I was. I mean, I was. I was. I was. We had corporal punishment in my public school when I was in. I was growing up. I mean, I had. I had. I had. I. It wasn't quite a light. um, A light thing though. Every Friday, I told the story before. Every Friday, 
um, you'd hear my coach's cowboy boots coming down the linoleum hallway, linoleum floor hallway. We were in math class, last class of the of the, of the week, and you know we were all like, <laughs> we're all terrified. I love my coach. I still love him. He's a great guy, Coach Noah. I shouldn't name him because he'll be canceled. <laughs> great guy, and um, we were. I, I, I man, it was just. You, you got paddled every Friday. Every Friday, <laughs> every Friday, because you, you had, we had this contact. This is now we're totally on a on a on a um, reminiscences. Yeah, so we had a, we had a conduct chart that started every week at a hundred, and if you did something bad or did something wrong, a teacher would take off points, and if you got below seventy, you got paddled. It's really funny. That is really like, on I'm, Friday. I'm really, really glad I didn't go to your school. So, so most of the boys would get below seventy, like on Tuesday. <laughs> And then you'd have to wait all week, <laughs> knowing that you were sentenced. To... And all parents were fine with this. Like... Oh yeah, everyone thought that was great. <laughs> and and it wasn't a white school; it was a Hispanic, majority Hispanic school. And in fact, I mean, yeah, the parents, the parents would, most of the parents I knew would like would you know line up to help them. Welcome. Coach, Welcome. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, that's that's just a little historical context for this. Um, <laughs> okay, but a lot of people think that that would look back at that now and say, "That's you know, that's so wicked. That's the worst that you were abused in school." I wasn't abused, and that's not true. Like just no. because you again, you can't read your particular view of now back into history. You can't do it if you're if you're a history professor. You can't read your own. Yeah your own sensibilities backwards because that wasn't abusive. Did that mean that there was no abuse in the past? No, that's not what that right. means. You and can there's abuse now. Even, abuse even in now. people who don't believe in corporal punishment, they can still abuse their kids. Mm-hmm. So the, the, I, one, one valuable thing about that experience in school is that again, it, that definitely brought home. I'm being punished for wrongdoing, not because my coach hates me and is mad at me. Um, in fact, I know my coach loves me. In fact, I know my coach loves me. He wants me to be a good person. Right, right. Instead of a bad person. Exactly. He doesn't exactly. want you to be a baddie, <laughs> right, like on the side right, of Hitler. Right. Um, so that's, and my dad, my dad, when he when he disciplined me, uh, he I, I got spanked as a kid, as a kid all the time. <laughs> but, but it was never, I, he never did it. I knew he was not angry with me. I knew I was being punished for something I did wrong. So what that did is it taught me the real lesson mm-hmm. is, it's important to try and obey um, the law, the law, the rules I'm given, um, and and the the law isn't don't make someone mad. I mean, if you if you tell your kid, if you teach if you just if you always discipline out of anger, then that's what's teaching that, them. I better not make someone mad. Yeah, and then you do end up with a very a people pleasing, wilting flower. Yeah person who can't argue who's not combative who who is open to abuse right who's and and if you don't teach your child to emotionally self-regulate at a young age like i don't know before the age of four you are opening yourself up to abusive Mm -hmm. emotional anger that will teach because you you're will have a, a child who's out of control who knows how to push your buttons right who drives you to the point of madness constantly. And then you will teach that child that your will, your desires are the, the measure right. 
the plumb line. And then you teach, you open up your child for grooming and for abuse by doing that. That's, that's exactly right. And the, the, <laughs> so in other words, it's, it's exactly the opposite of what, what all thinking, the people right, are saying right, on Twitter. Right. So in, as I mentioned earlier, this is, this is an application of a biblical principle, a proverb actually, and everyone knows it. Spare the rod and you spoil the child. And the, the point of that is not, um, is that if you don't, if you don't administer um, discipline to a child, then they're going to, they're not, they're never going to listen to them. They're never going to discipline themselves. They're not going to, they're not going to do it. Um, they're not going to understand the consequences of behavior of, of actions. Um, the great thing about doing it, like you said, young, like we started a little swat on the diaper bottom. <laughs> and as soon as, as soon as you have that first spark of defiance in a kid, um, you do that and you do it consistently. I, I mean, I don't think we spanked any of our kids after four. Yeah, we didn't have to. Yeah, they weren't. They 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 were never defiant after that. So they did things wrong. But you know, you never you never want to do a you never spank because of. There's lots of other ways to discipline a child. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You're not. Um. Yeah, you take things away from them. You make them do more mm-hmm, work. Mm-hmm. That's usually. You just draw them up short and say, "Don't talk to me that way," but you don't. But once you've, but that that works after you've instilled the baseline of no defiance. Yeah. And um, and no. What it does, though, what you're doing is your people are really big into justice. These, I bet, all the people who are angry with you on because of white person Twitter <laughs> are would say that they're on the side of justice. Mm-hmm. Sure. What you're doing, though. When you refuse to administer justice to you, to your child for being wicked, is teaching them that they are not subject to justice, and that their will is the measure of justice. Whatever they think and feel is what is just, right. as opposed to teaching them that they are subject to the law. Right. They don't measure. They are not the law. Right. They are subject to the law. Right. And don't you want your child to be on the side of justice? Like, don't you want your child to be able to know when things are unjust, when to get up and fight for somebody who's yeah, weak? Yeah. Like, but you don't want to teach them that. That you want them always to be the weak one who cannot, who can never be there for somebody whose life is being destroyed by by the powerful and wicked. Right. I anyway, I'm so shocked. <clears throat> So I said, so the last two things are after discipline comes a hug, forgiveness and assurance that he or she can never do anything to stop, uh, to stop us from loving, um, loving him or her. And then you show the gospel. This is something that's really important because you're, you're, you, you're teaching your child immediately that, yeah, the, the, he or she's a, a lawbreaker just like you are. Um, but that there's that Jesus died for your sins and took away your guilt. And so he loves you. And so you can just go on about the day without letting your guilt just hang over you. You just let it give, give your sin over to Jesus. You're forgiven. How you be quiet? And then your parent has to forgive too. That's really important. Like you have to, if you're just really angry with your child, one don't show when you're disciplining, but also you, you give that to God and that, and God, just like God forgives your sins and throws them behind your back, his back and doesn't think about them anymore. Uh, you do the same thing with your kid. So then you have a restored community. You right. have people who are at peace, who are genuinely at peace with each other, 
and they're not building up lots and lots of wrongdoing Mm -hmm. so that they they have so you you have emotionally uncluttered happy children who don't even worry about what you think actually they're not asking themselves what does my mom want from me today they're just playing you know and they're not thinking about you and your desires and who you are in fact it takes them you know, until they're almost 20 to ask themselves, Yeah, oh, I wonder what my mother thinks about this. <laughs> That's true. Um, so anyway, then I said, you know, even if you do everything right as a parent, you're, your child may sort of take the wrong path. It's fine. This is a fallen world and the flesh is powerful. Trust Jesus, confess your sins, receive his mercy and pray for your kids every day. That's, that, that was the end of the thread. Then, so are you open to the idea that your ability to understand how your children perceive you, your beliefs, slash God may be compromised by the fact that you unapologetically use physical violence as discipline against them. (laughs) No, 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 not not after that. (laughs) Because again, as I just said, what you do when you properly discipline your children, you, you give them the freedom to think and be themselves and they don't think about you. Like that's what this, that's just such a creepy thing. Are you open to the idea that your your children are thinking about you all the time? Well, that's awful. Like, yeah. why would you want parent children who are obsessed with, with what their parents think all the time? That's that's horrible. That's manipulative. <laughs> so now we have a little long silence while you look for another tweet. Or what do you? So the the well, no, I was I was going to look. I was trying to find this one response. I was thinking of. I could. I can't find it, but. Is it um, the, the ears? Oh, present? yeah. What I've never understood is why corporal punishment is permissible slash advised for children when it's considered a crime for adults. Say you had a less productive week and your boss beat you for it. That's just now, irrational. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, you don't punish your children for not being for productive. Unpro- you don't go on. <laughs> what do you mean by court? Like, we don't engage in corporal punishment. I mean, one of the, like, if your child <laughs> accidentally spills milk, you don't spank the child you're a horrible person for even thinking that right, right. like you're a bad you that the person who tweeted that is a bad person <laughs> um so yeah so i, I mean it's interesting I, I, a lot of the people responding angrily had had she they or they them and their pronoun they had the pronouns in their profiles and so i i decided to to post another tweet in which I you're kind of a bad person pretty much I'm yeah I'm kind of a bad person because I said and I said <laughs> I said uh here's my Twitter feed the last 24 hours me hi friends we've raised great kids applying these childering principles used by the whole human race for the last 10 millennia until 15 minutes ago uh, woke Twitter child abuser <laughs> also woke Twitter mutilating ch- mutilating children's genitals is totally fine because I'm sure, I'm sure a good, I bet a good half of the people who are responding angrily are, I know a good half of people who are responding angrily have pronouns in their bios, which means most likely they're not upset at all with the idea of trans kids getting their quote unquote trans kids having their bodies mutilated. That's, that's totally fine. But if you discipline corporal, corporal punishment, it's a horrible, horrible child abuse. Um, so uh, to that thread, to that, um, to, to that, to that, to that post, someone writes, 
Have any of your children ever had their ears pierced? If so, why is the voluntary alteration of their ears better than the voluntary alteration of their genitals? And I don't like. I thought that was a joke at first, and no, this guy's serious. I mean, that person (laughs) is really disturbed. (laughs) If you don't know the difference between those two things, like why is cutting off your child's penis or whatever (laughs) worse than piercing someone's ear? Can continue. In what moral universe is that? Is that a question? It's really interesting that that was the gotcha. Yeah. And then nobody responded to him. And he was like, you guys what? aren't even, you're not giving me an answer. I mean. <laughs> it's just, everyone's just kind of flabbergasted. You can't, there, your, your, your question is wrong. <laughs> there is a difference between those two things. And I think you should search your feelings and try to figure <laughs> out what those might be. Like. I hope right. the person who said that isn't doesn't have any tattoos. My kids ask me all the time, "What should I get a tattoo?" And I always say, "Yes, I think you should go get one." And they and then they laugh. In <laughs> fact, I always say, "You should get wings tattooed on your back." That's well, what I really want you to do. Most of all, is get, get wings. the wings tattooed in the back. Yeah, Cause or the chest, right? The, chest, the, <laughs> the boy, the Aiden, she, like the, the the across the chest wings with no regrets. Yeah, no regrets. I would love. I think that would be awesome. So, incidentally, our children are really combative, sarcastic. They yeah, not they. <laughs> so that's that was another theme in the in the responses. Like, well, oh, your children, you're be prepared for your children to hate you when they're twenty something, and be prepared that you're 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 going to the nursing home first. <laughs> you're getting. I mean, we can't get away from our children because they are always they follow us around the house and try to tell us about their lives and they they're curious and interested and they form their own opinions about things yeah. you know and, and they, they can they can disagree with us without I know. it's it's allowed it's allowed in our house to disagree with us in fact yeah we don't see and even when they were little kids if they disagreed with us that wasn't cause for they spanking, were allowed right? to say they can disagree with us right we've been asked them what do you think about this right. and they'd have they didn't have to say well, whatever it is that you think, Father, <laughs> I I worship you. Right? No. Right. We and we did. We you know, we never made. We raised our children up as Christians, and we we communicated the gospel very clearly, and we told them things. We took them to Bible study, all that kind of stuff. But, um, but we, there was no punishment if. If a, if, a, if a child is having a hard time with something in his we faith didn't, or her One faith. thing that we didn't do, which I think a lot of evangelicals, probably even probably woke evangelicals do, we did not search around in there. We did not tinker around in their souls trying to figure That's out if thing. they, like what they thought. We did not, when we, when we all would confess our sins as a family, we didn't have to, we don't have to do that out loud you don't have to tell everybody everything. And we didn't, when they, when they did bad things, we didn't like wonder, try to get them to figure out why they had done those bad things. Here's our, here, we're coming on to the thing we say all the time. You, if you've listened to us, you probably heard us say it. Shepherding a child's heart is, is, is not a good book. And, and, I mean, and, it, yeah, it, means it's mean, well. it means well and people who follow it mean well. But and I think again, it, their I, children can be Christian. It's not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, all fine. And, I, and the, I, I know that people, love that book and 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 swear by that book but i i think it's wrong i think it's i think it's actually destructive and the reason i think that is because 
um, you make it's it's about you. It seems like you it, take the role of the Holy Spirit, right? So if your child does something wrong, you're supposed to help that child figure out in his or her heart, like trace the sin to its root and and crush and it, root out the sin, root out the sin, right? So that's a very Puritan way of thinking about sin, um, rather than. Well, it assumes that you're able to do that. Right. Like it assumes, because people, adults are encouraged to do this, but I don't know. I don't think anybody really does. John, uh, Jonathan Edwards always trying to do this. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you are not the Holy Spirit. You don't know why you're doing the bad things you're doing usually. You, the way out of the bad thing is first Confession. of all to say, yeah, say you're sorry, repent of your sins. Try to turn away from it. Ask God to help you. To help you. Right. Ask God to show you. And he he might, but he might not either. Because, you know, because he's the God. Bible literally says if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. But if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you all from all unrighteousness. So it doesn't say it doesn't say and if you're faithful and just to root to, to, to delve root down out, in your soul. And, yeah. No, I mean you, you you confess it and God God, God does the work of, of dealing with your inner self. So the the problem with it is 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 if you if you if you if you sit there with your chick you're like four year old five year old now why did you do that bad thing what was what 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 is it in you that's that's causing you to do these evil things and you just sit there for hours on end until the ch- the kid knows your kid says has probably has no idea but says something to make you happy um, you're again you're teaching your child to to measure himself by your estimation and your right. answers whereas a quick okay you did this thing wrong here's discipline boom that's done i love you you're forgiven go about the go about your go day play. Go play. and then and then that child what that child learns is okay this was wrong and then if the, the, that that leaves that leaves the kid and all in god to worry about where that where that sin came from and if he wants to um, but uh, but he can also know he he's forgiven even if he can't figure it out he's forgiven he can go on and do he doesn't have life. to think about himself endlessly and I mean that's an amazing that is the most countercultural thing about the I would say for children what you really want in this day and age is children who don't think about themselves that much who are interested in so many things out there that they are not constantly considering themselves and their feelings and who they are, because, uh, that's how you end up with, you know, transing the kids at all. Yeah. Also like, what is that deep down thing inside of you? That's yeah. so special. The counter side of that is what is that deep down thing inside of you? That's so wicked. Right. Well, in both cases, that's not your call. Right. Like <laughs> you are wicked because... and you're, you're both, uh, loved by God. He, he did make you, he does think you're lovely probably i assume unless you're on woke twitter then good luck finding the imago day down there but you like you don't want the child to be thinking about that that's boring god organizes the hearts of the people according to his own mercy and you can you can think about other things yeah. like you could read a novel you could go out and play with sticks you could throw you know, rocks into a pond. You could write a novel. Our right. oldest child is writing a. She's up to fifty thousand words on her novel. How many pages is that? Like I have no idea. Pages or 
And she's only halfway, like she's only halfway through her stack of cards. There, you want people who can do things and be curious about God in the world and not thinking about you all the time or themselves. And that's what, I mean, that's why you're so surprised, right? Because yeah, yeah. you didn't know we would end up with kids like this. No, I, that's, that's, yeah. Cause again, the, the, and that's, what's kind of funny about all the Twitter responses is, is we're, we're actually finding, I expected rebellion. I expected hatred from my children in the, in the teen years. I expected all of that and it's not there and it's not because we just stopped beating them. Right. <laughs> we, just, we just beat it out of them. We, we did. I, I don't think, I bet I bet if we asked them, maybe they can remember one time they were spanked. Maybe. Maybe. I bet they can because it was so long ago we had, we didn't have to anymore. Um, but, uh, but there, I mean, they are shocked when they meet other children who are allowed to say no to their parents. Right. Because, that doesn't mean that they can't like, because a child who says no to the parent, it that's not an argument. That's like an existential no. A little baby who's saying no to what you're telling them to do isn't arguing with you, isn't right. expressing an opinion of his own right. at that point. He's saying, I throw over your authority yeah. and I defy you and God, and I will not be a Christian. Right. And I will eventually, like, I prefer to be literally Hitler. <laughs> and what you're, when you don't allow a child to say no to you, a young child mm. is you, um, you're saying to the child, no, you won't be literally Hitler. You're going to obey me. You're going to come into this nice pasture where you can be with, you can have food and play time and it's going to be so great. And you're not going to, um, you're not going to think about yourself really, or me. You're going to just be self-forgetful. And, and what happens when your children don't, are not allowed to say no to you, eventually you are able to open up space where you can be deferential to them and ask them, uh, how can I help? What would, you know, if our teenage children, can I, you know, what do you need? Do you need a ride to school? Or how is your paper going? What would you, what do you need from me? Your children can say um, yes and no about so many things mm. in their lives, but they're not allowed to say an existential no to you uh, because that's wicked. <laughs> right. Just going to go out and say it. Yeah. Uh, well, it's also, if you're raising, wanting to raise people who, who love Jesus and believe in Jesus, then that, you know, the very, from the very earliest point in a child's life, you, you aren't, you're not God, but you kind of take that role to a two-year-old or to a, uh, to a very, very young child. That's, they, it's all kind of melded together in a, in a child's mind, God, parent, church, it's all of one of piece, course. right? So, so, so you, if you can both love your, like be very tender and kind and compassionate to your small child and love your small child and also uh, discipline when things, when the child is defiant and you teach the child a lot about God. So you don't, and, and you see. So that's why it is so terrible when you are abusive, right? Because you, because those things are so muddled and the child doesn't have the capacity to, to draw them out. You blur all those distinctions and you wreck it. But when you are, a, a good parent and you are kind and generous and merciful and just 
you give that child room to discover who God is in proper terms right. for himself. Right. And you, you open up room for the lines to be properly drawn. And you, when they get older, you can say, Hey, you know, God and the church are not the same. The church is going right. to err. Christians are going to sin against you, but God isn't going to sin against you. I've sinned against you. God isn't going to sin against you. And they have emotional room to consider that an immensely important theological point because you didn't, yeah, you yeah. didn't muck it up for them. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, or do it, you know, never mind, do it your way and see how it goes. I mean, the last thing you say about this is, is the, <laughs> this is not the first time we've had irrational, angry people coming after us for parenting the way we do. Like you, you, you wrote some articles about this in when our children were still very young. And we had a woman who... I was compared to that person who drowned her children. Andrea Yates. In Texas. That was really uh, upsetting. And we had a woman threaten to call... CP, uh, the, the, a woman, a woman, an ordained woman in the Episcopal Church who read your blog uh, threatened to call child protective services on us because of that, because of this. Um, so, so for a long time, we just didn't say anything about it, about it, on... on in public venues about except at church, but not, not in on blogs or on, on internet tubes because we didn't want CPS <laughs> knocking on our door. Um, but, but now our children are older and uh, they're, they're, we don't, we're not, they're, we've stopped uh, disciplining that way because they're, they're they don't not, need anymore. Don't, right? They don't need it. You don't, <laughs> no, they're, they're older. it's not an, yeah. it's not a thing that you continue to do until they're 17. <laughs> and the fact that people don't know that yeah like that's why it's the apocalypse like if you want to know why everything is awful that's why because i mean that's so that's amazingly irrational shockingly irrational but you know we taught i've said this before too if you go to good shepherd you've heard this story many times so sorry but the the we were taught this we were were taught in seminary by a middle-aged divorced professor i believe that you don't discipline kids in Sunday school. And I don't, by discipline, she didn't mean, of course, we don't spank children in Sunday school, but, but she meant you don't say no. Like, like, whatever a child wants to do, and she meant this for parenting too. Whatever. No is, no is the child's word to you, not your. Your word to the, to the child, child, right. So, so because if you say no to a child, if you limit the child in any way, you, you burden them and you keep them from flourishing, right? Because you, you don't have the little self blossom the, the i mean the assumption behind that of course is that is that the little self is not fallen right the little self is is sinless and and the problem is not the child but the problem is what what the structures of society might do to the child what you the parent might do to the child that's where the harm comes from but if the child is let to just develop naturally he's going to be a beautiful creature right of With, light of light right right so it's a it, I, i'm not surprised that at our seminary we had we were taught of dealing with children in a way that that is that that re- denies the fallenness of the human person. That's no surprise at all. Uh, but <laughs> and I think we're seeing how well that's turned out right. for, for everyone to have that kind of theological worldview. Right. I mean, what you get is Twitter. So right. There you are. Right. Well, I think we need to move along because our 
child needs to learn how to make sure that car doesn't overheat. Hmm. So because we're good parents, it's who we are. It's who we are. It's who we are. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. And maybe we'll be back next week.